G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. On a Friday, we like to check in with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch. Bill's been writing articles this week. He likes to get into the difficult stuff, difficult passages. I mentioned that one from the Gospel of Matthew. You know what? We've often, no doubt, each of us thought about those words of Jesus as he replied, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Well, Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Always great to be here. Bill, how do we think about this? Is there something that's, you know, if there's a takeaway from understanding this that we can talk about in just a a sentence or two, how do you describe this particular passage that Jesus is uh, is saying here? Well, obviously, the importance of faith is crucial in this text and many others. So none of us for a moment are denying that, hey, we can all have more faith. We can all grow in faith. We all can improve our trust in God and believe what he says, believe his promises. So, That's certainly not in dispute. I guess the question is, are we to understand this quite literally, or do we recognize there's figures of speech, right? Uh, Even things like hyperbole, uh, you know, is a similar text, right? Um, If your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand, uh, you know, chop it off. Uh, Some Christians, same thing. Is this a literal thing most would say probably not he's simply there emphasizing the importance of discipleship and taking very strong steps uh to follow christ and i think it's the same here in fact if you simply look at that very last short sentence you read nothing will be impossible for you well i can digress briefly when i used to teach at bible school i'd ask the students is there anything that's impossible for god to do many said, no, God is God. He can do anything. And then I'd start reminding them, right? A few passages like it's impossible for God to lie. Oh, oh, I guess there is one thing. It's impossible. Or, you know, he does not tempt us with evil and so on. So a lot of these are kind of moral issues, but there are things that, uh, well, actually there are seemingly impossible, even for God. So perhaps for us as well. So I guess it's in that broad light of how we should try to make some sense of what Jesus is saying here. So it might be a surprise to believers that not everything that Jesus said was meant to be taken literally. I imagine that when you've got a a difficult passage, you've got to be able to look at that passage in some context here. So with this one here, you know, know, casting mountains into the sea, what's the context here, Bill? Yeah, well, it's clear in this uh, passage in Matthew uh, 17 that, well, he was really upbraiding his disciples. They had troubles, in this case, casting out a demon. Uh, And that's when Jesus said, you know, 
you guys, uh, how long will I stay with you? He almost seemed to get a bit impatient. And But the context is, in this case, casting out demons. So as I wrote in my piece, as far as I know, I could be wrong, we do not have any biblical record of a mountain being moved, right? Old or New Testament. But of course, we do have records of uh, exorcism, of demons being cast out, not only in the Bible, but in church history. So that's the immediate context. So uh, having more faith to cast out uh, demons, uh, I guess we can all pray for that whether we need to be spending a lot of time worrying about and praying for Lord, uh, you know, there's Ayers Rock. I'm, I'm really trying to get this cast into the Pacific Ocean. Well, I mean, uh, if you think God's calling you to do that, I guess go ahead. But uh, he does call us to cast out demons. He does call us to trust him, to have more faith. And as I say at the end of my piece, Maybe just praying for more faith to be a, a more loving husband or a loving father. Uh, you know, there's plenty of kind of daily things we really could use more prayer about and probably more faith in. Challenging, isn't it? Uh, what do we take literally? What do we take figuratively? Uh, my mind goes to, you know, some of those radical groups that you might hear about. Uh, there was one in uh, in the United States, uh, where a minister from West Virginia uh, took literally uh, those thoughts out of Mark and, uh, you know, handling deadly snakes and yep. uh, the idea of drinking poison because it's not going to hurt you. Well, um, I think some of that came undone a little because uh, I think that pastor who was bitten by a deadly snake actually died. Uh, so, yep. so some of these things... They're worthy of our consideration, aren't they, when we talk about what do we take literally and what do we take figuratively? Yeah, again, we don't want to minimize for a moment the faith component that it's important. Uh, yeah, in this case, there's been more than one pastor who's died. You know, he's, they spend all their time playing with snakes in the front of the church. And you think, well, one, is that our best priority? You know, how about preaching the gospel, helping the poor and the sick. But, you know, some people get so focused on one thing and maybe miss the real heart of what's being said. But it's quite common to hear, and I think this is correct, that it's not so much a matter of our great faith in God, right, as it is having faith in a great God, right? Let's things right here. It's God and his greatness and his promises and his word that we really bank on. Our faith will always be weak and, you know, we need to keep working on it. But the good news is our Christian life doesn't depend at the end of the day of having super-duper great faith. It depends on having a super-duper great God who is able to help us even with our weak faith. So I think that's the kind of principle we we need to keep in mind here. So it's not about our great faith. It's about our great God. If you get the balance wrong, I picked up something from your latest article here, Bill, that you run the risk of turning things like prayer and faith into acts of magic. So, you know, the thought that I'm going to pray and something will happen, is that actually God or is that some sort of, you know, turning that into magic? Uh, that might mm. be something we might think a little more carefully about. Yeah, I've written about this before as well, often. Um I mean, well, look, it's part of the New Age movement, which at one point I was a part of. You had this whole idea of 
create a visualization and bring it into reality, things that are not, kind of a name it and claim it idea. The idea if we just want something strong enough and hard enough, we can actually have it. Now, I hate to say it, but we might recognize there are some Christian uh, movements. Well, in fact, some are called name it and claim it or word of faith theology which can, if we're not careful, really moves right into that kind of mindset of, uh, you know, I just think hard enough, have enough faith, I visualize whatever I want, I can get it. Uh, two quick things have to be said. One, so often when Jesus talked about prayer and getting what you pray for, uh, he would always add the proviso, if you do it in my name, if it's according to my will, right? Not everything we pray about may be God's will. And the second thing, well, James talks about, you know, you ask, but you ask not because you ask according to your own desires. Some of our desires are simply wrong. If you simply want a brand new car, a European vacation, uh, maybe there's a lass you think is quite nice and you're going to claim her as, that's my wife, God, I claim her as my wife one day. Well, it may or may not be what God is actually calling you to pray for and name and claim. So, you know, if you want to name and claim, God help me to be more humble, more meek, more loving, you know, have more fruit of the Spirit. I think a prayer like that will not go awry. And, you know, we can have all the faith we want for something like that. We should. But so often uh, things we really want desperately may not be what God wants us to have. Bill, come back to the context of this difficult passage in Matthew. Uh, the context here, as you described, is actually casting out demons. So bring us back into this context and where do we fit here? Our faith and moving mountains and the casting out of demons. Mm. Well, again, it's uh, looking at the text a bit more carefully. Jesus upbraided the disciples saying, you know, you guys don't seem to have enough faith. And yet, in contradistinction to that, right, he says, if you have faith as small as that of a mustard seed, right? He's kind of almost seems to be comparing like with like. You guys have small faith, but if you have small faith, you can. So what's going on there? Presumably, the disciples' sort of faith uh, probably wasn't based in Christ and in uh, seeking his will. Who knows? Maybe they were looking to get a bit of glory for themselves. So, in other words, the size of your faith as such doesn't seem to be the main point Jesus is emphasizing here. He seems to be emphasizing doing according to my will, doing it in my name, doing that which brings glory and honor to me. Uh, again, it's possible moving a mountain might bring glory to God, uh, but certainly casting out a demon or doing a whole range of other things, sharing the gospel, loving your spouse, uh, helping those who are poor and in need. I would think those are kind of pretty clear cases of where we do bring glory to God. So there, what we do and how much we have faith for and pray for, uh, again, not so much the huge faith we have, but faith in the great promises of God, the great word of God that tells us these are the things that bring me glory and bring me honor. I think that's kind of what we should concentrate on. And you've sort of put yourself into the passage here, which is often a great place to start, I've discovered. But uh, you're suggesting that perhaps 
the disciples had been treating their power to cast out devils as a new possession of their own, a kind of magic that we were talking about. And so you'd go through your routine and you'd say the right words and the devil would come out. Uh, but you're suggesting that's not necessarily the way it really works, but that might be something the disciples were growing through. Well, I think you're onto something there, and that reminds me of a passage in Luke and his gospel, right? Similar thing, the disciples were rejoicing, even the demons, you know, we have charge over the demons, and Jesus actually rebuked them, and he said, don't rejoice that, you know, that you have this authority over the demons, you know, rather rejoice, your names are written in the book of life, and so on. So again, it can be kind of a, look at me, look at what I can do, look at this power that I have, which again is a kind of magic, right? So uh, it's always Jesus trying to correct our perhaps wrong perspective or wrong emphasis. Again, nothing wrong with having faith, nothing wrong with casting out demons and so on. But how do we do it? What's our aim? Is it to get uh, credit and glory for ourselves? We have in the book of Acts, right, Simon the magician, more of the same. You know, if it were just these various acts and things that you could do, well, then he wouldn't have been rebuked in the book of Acts, but he was. So again, we have to be careful here uh, to get the heart of Christ. Uh, we want to have a faith as strong as it can be, but again, a faith in a very strong, trustworthy and reliable God is probably the better emphasis than trying to crank something up within us. You've gone to John chapter 15 uh, to bring out something a little deeper in how we might interpret uh, what faith is and what faith does. How does this look to you? Well, there's a lot of uh, passages we can share in this regard. Uh, here, John 15, right? The, you can do nothing without me, the, the vines and the fruit and all that. Um, how often do we forget that? Without me, you can do nothing. And we try to, again, pump up our faith, rev up our faith, and do all these great things for God, I suppose in some ways that's uh, a good thing, but if we forget the source of the power, if we forget the source of where all this great stuff is going to come from, well, it's, you know, pagans, again, uh, in the New Age, back in my hippie days, right? We could do things. We could see results, right? Um, kind of scary thought. You can almost get the miraculous without God. You can have angelic visitations. You can see things. Uh, so not everything that seems to work is necessarily of God. We have to be careful. Once again, he gets the glory. Uh, we do it according to his will. We do it by his methods and his means. So um, again, we don't want to go in either extreme. We're not downplaying faith for a moment, but we are upplaying uh, faith in who we should have faith in, Christ, who is the miracle worker. So if we're making sense of this, Bill, um, the thought that we might be shouting at a mountain and expecting it's going to be, uh, you know, raised or uh, thrown into the ocean, or uh, you might even be thinking maybe a little smaller, I might, uh, I might shout out, I need a new dream home or my car <laughs> needs to be upgraded uh, to a nice Mercedes. That might be nice. Uh, 
Hey, uh, when you are thinking about those things that you could exercise those words about moving mountains, mm-hmm. when you're really making sense of this, um, is it a wise thing to be able to try and grapple with the sorts of things that will bring glory to God in a sense of his mission and uh, who he is as a person. How do you describe that if we're just making sense of, of this passage? Yeah, well, again, what are we praying for? What do we have faith in? I mean, I hate to say it, I still do what I probably criticize other Christians for doing. You know, I'll go off to the mall and look for a parking spot, right? And I'll shoot up a quick prayer. God, if you can give me a parking spot, that would be great. Sometimes I get one quick. Sometimes I have to circle 10 times to get it. So, you know, what does God think about praying for a parking spot and convenience like that? Well, I'm sure he's concerned about every aspect of our lives, But surely some areas are a bit more important than others. As I said, if I want to have great faith, I'm thinking, boy, I should have more faith to pray, Lord, help me to be, again, a better husband. Well, in this case, uh, a bit late now with my wife's passing, but be a better father, be a better Christian, be more concerned about the poor and needy around me. I mean, there's so many things that I think I lack faith in that I really should be praying for. I would think that's a far cry from the kind of almost magical things, as you said, Lord, give me that new Mercedes or a new uh, European vacation. Uh, Sure, they're nice. We can pray and ask God. Uh, In fact, somebody just asked me, they're going to Europe, and they asked me if I wanted to go with them. I said, well, I'll have to think and pray. But, yeah, it's just priorities. It's always that. Less of me, more of you, right, John the Baptist, the whole thing. That's always got to be our aim. And that's not a bad direction to travel in. And what I can hear in your heartbeat here, Bill, is you're not saying don't pray for mountains to be removed. Perhaps we need more prayer for mountains to be removed, but we have to understand what those mountains are and where they fit in the context of what Jesus was teaching his disciples and where they might fit in the context of who we are today and the mountains that do need to move, they do need for believers to be calling on the name of the Lord to have those mountains removed. For listeners who want to read this latest article, On mountain removalists, you might want to check Bill's website. You can certainly easily discover that at billmuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch, one word, and you'll be able to read not only the article we're talking about today with the mountains, but, uh, Bill, you've also been talking about uh, cutting off arms and uh, plucking out eyes and all sorts of things like that. Some of those things that sometimes we find quite confusing in the scriptures and uh, wonderful to bring some clarity around those. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for your wonderful insight again today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.